Welcome back, everybody, to Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. I love personal growth through business success, right? I mean, who doesn't love growing while you're devoting yourself to building a business, right? Or I was going to say, as an employee, who doesn't love yes. being able to work on yourself all day while you get paid? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's awesome. Yes, it is. So I am joined by Hallie Warren, my chief of staff. Um, today, we're, you know, it's this is a really, um, we're going to talk about leadership but before you click off and say i've heard every single thing about leadership we're gonna bring us back to what green leadership is because leadership is such a big word right mm -hmm. and it's fun to unpack words because they when somebody hears leadership at whatever level they are they're gonna instantly think based on how where they are in their level of leadership mm -hmm. of what it means right because when this is actually why middle level managers were created because you needed because it's actually really fascinating because the reason when your organization gets very large really large, right? Um, you need middle-level managers because they they think a little bit differently than the people that they're leading. But you are, if you're up here, like meaning up here, like you can physically see me, even though this is a recording, right? Like um, you're up levels, say you're at a level five, right? In leadership, which will kind of, we don't have a definition of level five, but if you're at like a, if you're at Don a- Don Maxwell does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're at a level five leadership, right? And there's somebody that, like, that's at a one, you trying to coach that person, actually you may be missing- what they actually need to learn. Absolutely. And I think that's the, that's what we, we're talking about green leadership is, which is you, I actually give the example, um, we're talking about green leadership to an in, individual in, in green by green. We mean like new, like new, a new, yeah, a new, someone yes. who's newer to leadership. Yes. It, it's really like green leadership is, is somebody who, who is ex, not just says, Hey, I've really been doing awesome as an individual contributor. It's somebody, cause th th that may not be leadership that right. you can be an awesome individual contributor, which those people are amazing. Like you, you need those. And then you have people who come in and go, I don't want to be an individual contributor. Like I really don't. It's not about money. It's not about status. Like I really just want to lead through people. Like it's in, in, in that is the, people believe that the best, and this is, you easily go to sports analogies and these things. They think the best players are the best coaches, which has been proven more and more again. That it's not Michael Jordan was the best case of that. Right. All arguably one of the best, if not the best basketball player of all time, tried to coach and was miserable coaching, right? Um, relatively speaking, right? He can go coach like a high school yeah, team. Yeah, he's but probably like, better yes, than most. Exactly, but, yes, yeah. you get the point. Um, and everyone under follows that. They intellectually follow that, but then they don't bring that into their life, right? And so like people get these concepts, but then they're not matching them up with, with their life. And so green leadership, it means that, hey, I'm subscribing to leadership and I want to, that's going to be my path. I'm going to succeed through people. I'm going to lead through people. I'm going to understand people. I'm going to make my life and devote myself to people. When I really understood leadership, maybe a decade or so ago, I understood leadership. When I understood that I wanted to be in leadership, right? Yes. That's a better way of saying it because I was still super green. I realized what, if I wanted to be a leader, I needed to go very deep inward, not like spiritually inward. That came a little later, later. <laughs> but I mean, inward in terms of like just knowing my own behavior, knowing who I was. And I remember like the first time I even took like a behavioral assessment, maybe in like 2007 or eight, I was like, people think differently than I do. I, I just, I remember I was sitting in a class next to Sarah, my wife. And I remember sitting there and this guy was teaching about the disc. I'll never forget this. I don't know if I ever shared this story and I'm sitting there, sitting there and I took the disc for the first time and it had to have been like 2006. Actually, it was right. It was the first Howard Britton conference I went to. Uh, yeah, it okay. was 2006. So it was my first kind of experience. And like, I, by the way, I bored eight grand to start my first business. And I bought, I used half of that to go to a conference within 30 days of me getting the real estate. Again, investing into yourself was most important. So I'm down there and I took this disc assessment on there. I didn't know what the disc was at the time. And even back in 2006, people weren't really talking about behavior like they are now. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember taking it. I remember them going through the results and I'm going, yeah, I'm like, people, people don't think like I do. Like, you don't, I'm looking at Sarah. I'm like, you don't think the same way. She's like, no, definitely <laughs> not. And, and then I realized that like the way that I think like there's, you know, how many people are this type of, you know, this nature to them is very limited and this side over here. And I'm like, it was just so eye opening to me of being like, wow, like I didn't realize everyone just thought differently. I just thought everyone was the same way. And I, I'm, that's what I was getting frustrated for because nobody was thinking that way. Anyways, fast forward. And when I realized I really wanted to make it about people, I started diving really deep into learning about myself and then realizing that I needed to learn about everybody else um, so I could create the best roster, right? And essentially, it's a better way of saying it. I'd say it easier now. That's ultimately what it was, which on sport teams, is what it is. A, man, a leader does what? Create the best roster, right? The best roster for where the team is and for where the team is going, for where the company is and for where the company is going. Each, each level of leadership is going to require, like if you're starting off in entrepreneurship and you're starting a new company, bringing in a publicly traded CEO is probably not the best move mm-hmm. because they're not going to know what to, I mean, yes, they'll know things, but they're not going to be at that same level. You need to bring in a CEO who loves startups, who loves doing all of these things. And then once it gets to a certain point, he may not be no longer the CEO. So understanding where the company's at and where and what people you need to bring into to be able to bring it from where it is to where the next level is. I would. I just wanted to say that I, in addition, I think to studying behavior and people, some of the other things that you did was also studying like leadership principles. Yes. And um, which a lot of times are communication and coaching type principles because it's one thing to know, like know who to bring onto the team. It's another thing to, to know them. how to lead them. Yeah. So I think you went really deep on that as well. Yeah. And we, we still are every right. day. Yes. Every, and we're still not, we're, we're never going to finish that. It's always going to get ingrained more. What? I was going to say, so what, what does a green leader look like? And maybe give us a couple of examples. Well, a green leader is, uh, that's what I was kind of going off. And then you purposefully brought me off on a tangent because I had nothing <laughs> to do with that tangent. Um, and it was like a green leader is somebody who, who's, who's chosen the path that I want to be in leadership but really doesn't understand what that whole entails, but they're ready for it. And so it's recognizing those people. And so we made a hire a couple of years ago on somebody who I actually thought was not as green and we relocated them and they came into our world. And um, I realized I was like, man, I got a lot of work to do with this person. Because they were in a leadership position, yes, right? They were. So sometimes having a title can, you can mistake in that or be, or if they're have managed some people before yes. you can sometimes mistake in that for, being further along in a leadership path than somebody might actually be. Because if you do deep into the hiring process, which I probably could have done a little bit deeper, you would have found out that really it was just their individual contributions, which was really driving the whole business. Right. Or they employed, um, I'm not this person, I'm just giving an example. This wasn't this person, but they might be employing their uh, wife and their sister. Yes, exactly. And that's a different type of leadership than leading a hiring and leading a whole group of people that you've never met before. Yes. And so um, a lot of people listen to this, maybe even them green themselves, or they've, they've seen somebody who look, most organizations and most entrepreneurs don't have enough leaders in their system, meaning that they're, that they're training constantly. They, they have a lot of, they have too many individual contributors. And then when they go to try to step out of leadership, they don't have any leaders. And that becomes the whole out of almost all entrepreneurs that I've coached, that becomes the biggest issue. And they go, well, I've got 15 people. And I go, how many leaders do you have? And they're like, none. Mm -hmm. 
and, and they don't mean it negatively. They just say, we were kicking butt, but like, I'm doing everything. I'm leading the entire company now. And I go, who's going to help you? And they go, there's nobody in here that's really a leader. Because what you've done is you've hired individual contributors, which what you need to do is you need to make sure you're getting in relationship and bring people in that are green in leadership that can do individual contributors. And you're starting to work with them on what it means to be a leader, right? If that's the path that they, if want, that's the to path they want to go down. And that's why it's important to distinguish that of finding those people that were, hey, I want to be in leadership no matter what. Then you start working with them. And that's where the whole personal growth comes in, right? What were some other things that you noticed about that individual that you hired that made you realize he was he was green? And then what did you do to help him yeah. get to where he is now? Well, I think the the first thing that you'll notice is that they made it about themselves and they had a certain way of thinking and they were not willing to see it any other way. Because individual contributors, a lot of times, will see it that way because they're used to doing a specific way of doing it, right? Versus leadership is about the result and then about coaching people to that result versus telling somebody exactly what to do during that. Now, there's times that you have to be very specific and tactical, but generally speaking, when you're leading a leader, if you start telling them what to do, they're going to leave, right? Mm -hmm. You're just giving them the, here's the result, here's where we're focused, go figure it out. And, he, and, and this individual was more of like, well, I've already got to figure it out, right? Like I, I can, and I'm saying it that way. I'm just saying it's like, well, I've been doing it this way and it's, 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 it's it there worked, and it worked yeah. and it's, and it's there and, and just not, and, and kind of a little bit close-minded um, to that and not really, not really understanding that they were green. And I think that is the key to a lot of people is it's, it's perfectly fine that you're green, but you need to realize like, I've got a lot of work to do here. So some ego and some yes. emotional based leadership yes, going on. Exactly. And so when I, when we think about it, we've talked a lot about what leaders jobs are, which is vision, right? Clarity, vision first, clarity, direction, and then removing roadblocks. Um, but when you think about green leadership in getting people to the next level, Hallie, what do we, you know, we've kind of identified a couple of things. What are those? Yeah. I was going to give you one more, a slight example of some of that green leadership um, with some, another individual yeah. here where a lot of the conversations revolve. And I mean, we're talking real, real green yes. leadership, um, which we knew, but yes. yes. And, and, and I, I think there's a desire to, to learn yes. and grow and, and lead eventually um, for this individual, but it, all, a lot of the conversations are very emotion based. It's all mm -hmm. about how they're feeling and, yes. um, you know, which is fine. I'm, I'm happy to listen to it. But it, it's there was um, very little conversation around results and like um, results in, in, in numbers, really. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily just numbers, but results. Yes. Um, so getting this individual to shift from the it's all emotional conversations and, and the, the talking to the, I mean, really to the doing and to yes. the results. So that was, that's one example too, yeah. that I think we see in green leaders sometimes. It's very emotion based. Well, it's like they're sharing like, the emotions of things because they haven't really drilled it down. They haven't narrowed their ability to cut through all of that and narrow it down to a number or, or what, a result what or what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. They're still, they're still kind of holding on to like, Oh, we just need to come do this. No, it's leadership is, is so what are those things? What are those kind of components? Cause I think the first from, one, yeah, moving from green to, yes, to the, maybe not to the ultimate level, but to yes. the, to the, there's level. never really a level you ever end at. Right? Sure, You're always yeah. growing. Yeah. Right? So what are they? Tell me. Oh, well, I think one of them is, one of them is obviously having a vision. Yes. And I think we, we talk about having this big vision, but even, even on a smaller scale, and I talk to um, clients about this sometimes is, do you, even, do you just know what you, the, and we talk about this too, but do you know what the vision is for your life? Do you have an elevator pitch for your own career? Like, do you know how to position yourself as a confident 
um, professional when you're interacting with other people. What is the vision for, it doesn't have to be the vision for the company, yeah. but what's just the vision for your life and for your role within the organization? Yes. Um, even that is a, a good first step, I think. Yeah. Well, I think you said it right. It's like there's the overall company's vision, which needs to be clear. And then there's the vision of how your vision folds into the company's vision, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's really important too as well. And so I think the first, you're absolutely right, is kind of nailing that as like, what is my vision for either just me, like my life and how I'm contributing to this? And then as you add employees underneath you, it's creating the vision for your division, mm -hmm. the vision for your, your division, division, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like you're creating that vision for your, your little organization. Cause that's what you're doing. People, it's like you're part of a company, but you're growing, you're, you're actually running a company inside a company. That's mm -hmm. the entrepreneur, right? right? Your division, your team. Exactly. Your, yeah. You're running a company, right? So it's having the vision. The other one that I, that I see a lot of times in green leaders that they're unwilling to do is having tough conversations. Yes. And, and there's two things to tough conversations. I want to make a point on sometimes leaders are willing to have tough conversations, but they say it out of ego. Like they, you see some green leaders, like they have the tough conversation and say it, but they say it so arrogantly mm. and there's so much ego, like I'm right and you're wrong that you might as well not even have the conversation because the people feel so deflated and, and they just, and then it's fear-based and then they go out and they, maybe they do it, but they're doing it because they're afraid of you right. <laughs> and because they, that's, they made it all, you made it all about you being needing to be right in that tough conversation. The more probably the, the more probability one is the one where they're unwilling to have it. And when we went back to that individual that we were giving an example of, that's what a lot of, they were unwilling to have these tough conversations. And they're really, and it's not that they didn't know they, what needed to be said, because most people do. Yes. It was, they just, they skirted around the key words and tried to soften it with the edges. <laughs> right. Which causes way more confusion exactly. for the team members. Yes. And then you still aren't getting to the results and then everyone is frustrated yes. and it just perpetuates the problem. Because a green leader comes in and goes, well, I don't want to just, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to, I don't want them not to like me. I don't want them to, right. They just, I don't yeah. know how they're going to feel. How are they going to react? Are they going to throw it? They're going to throw something at me. They're going to quit. Like, I don't want to be fired because they quit. Like all these fears go on in people's heads. So then they go, and I, yeah, I'm going to say the whole thing. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of it is, yeah. Cause I've experienced this too. Not wanting to, yes, not wanting to upset anybody, but it's actually because you are unable to handle mm -hmm. the emotions mm -hmm. of the other individual. Yes. And that's why people aren't having those conversations. Yeah. Cause you can't, <laughs> that's why I don't have them sometimes. Well, it's, it's, and it comes down to is that you can't handle the handling of the conversation. Right. And so you like skirt what around if, it. What if they cry? Yeah. How do I, I mean, it's not, yes. I'm making it about me. Yes. Right. Yes. How, how am I going to handle that? And so as you grow through your leadership ranks, as you go through this, you realize that's the only conversation that I can have Yeah. because that's the only way that the whole organization moves forward is cutting through like Yoda's sword cuts through something, which I've never seen it cut through something. But if you just imagine a sword cutting through like cheese or something, like it just, okay, you, just yeah. <laughs> you cut through it. Right. And you just, you get right to the heart of it. And when I coached um, an entrepreneur the other day through having these very tough conversations over the last couple of weeks, they went and did this. And one of two things will always happen when you have tough conversations with employees, right? It's they will step up or they will step out and both are great. Yeah. And that's what people need to understand. And we've experienced and, both yes, many a time. Yes. Yeah. And, and great leaders recognize those two things will happen, but they recognize the importance of making sure that one of those happens mm -hmm. because what they're unwilling to do is sit there and not have the conversation that they know they need to have. Right. And, and, and just let the, that, um, it's like that middle, 
it feels like status quo. It feels very yeah. mediocre it's when, like you, a just, when CB, you allow that like to you just, happen. Yes. Yeah. That's you just allow like, well, we're kind of doing okay. Like we're not doing bad. We're not really doing anything wrong, but that's why companies like good to great, right? They had, they talk about a little bit of that, right? It's about just staying in stagnant of not having these really tough conversations. Cause the thing is, is, and by the way, after you have those, the majority of time, everyone ends up, maybe not in the moment, ends up happier mm-hmm. because they get more, if they say, well, this isn't, and actually in this case, this person came back and, and with this entrepreneur and they said, this employee said, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be gone off this team. And, and why don't you write me a whole new job description? I'll see if I can do it. And they said, well, great. I'll, I'll give you this opportunity. They wrote a whole job description. They came back like a day later and said, I don't want the job. And I said, awesome. Now you, now it's on them. She goes, I know it's great. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point, right? Is where you can have these tough conversations. And then one of those two things will happen. Green leaders avoid those conversations because they, again, of all the things that we have, that's a really telltale sign is, can I have this conversation with tact? Can I have this conversation where there's no energy coming from me about the outcome? I've let go of the outcome. I just know as my job as a leader, I have to have the conversation. Yes. And that's, start there. If you want to really grow your, your ranks in leadership, but besides all the personal growth, because there's a lot of talk about that, yeah. go work from this episode, go work on those. I'm, I'm guaranteed if you're listening right now, there's somebody in your organization or somebody in your life that you have these real conversations with, right? Even, even with my, even my personal life, as I've gotten more and more um, okay with having the truth conversation, right? It strengthens your relationship so much more because you're not afraid of the outcome. It's it, people are, it, I guess when you're, when, when you're talking about like emotion, all yeah. what you're really afraid of is the outcome. Oh, absolutely. So the first yeah. thing that you do is building key relationships and growing your leadership is letting go of the outcome, then having the conversation. It doesn't mean you don't deal with it. There's a problem. You have to deal with it. There's a challenge. Deal with it, right? If there's a fire. Deal with it. <laughs> it just don't deal with it from, I need to be right. You need to be wrong. I'm so scared of the outcome. What if they do this? And you're just letting your mind take you down this rabbit hole and imagining all of these things. And then when you finally go after two weeks of listening to your mind and being pulled off this and having all this energy being wasted of thinking the 11th possible assumption that could happen from having this conversation, you go and you have it and you go, oh, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> it's right. It happens, I mean, it's, every, it happens time. every time. Yeah. So stop doing that. Just go have the conversation. Right. So number three is, um, uh, leading yourself and managing your emotions, which kind of goes with what we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, I think we talked about it on one of the other podcasts, but I think it's such a big part of that whole green leadership pieces, the not bringing that, those emotions and energy from one conversation yes. to the next, which the only way you learn how to do that is by working on yourself yes. and working on your personal growth and leading yourself first. And I, and I think in general, and maybe this is even two different, two different points. It's that kind of energy and emotion. And then if you want to be seen as a leader and you want to move from that green leadership up to, you know, to the next leadership level, you've, you, ha- you do have to be, you have to be working on yourself. You have to walk the walk and talk the talk and, and how are you showing up and, you know, what are you doing in your day, in your daily routine and your, evening routine and how, you know, how are you showing up? Are you showing up as a leader? You know, a, a big figure that everyone knows um, about, which is talks about just green leadership, even at the highest level to somebody that's that leaded was Steve Jobs. When he first started, remember he was ousted out of his company mm-hmm. because of ego, because yes. of green. And, and he was a well-advanced green leader, right? I'm not, he may not have been green. I just the, move the concept, but he was very immature in his leadership. Yes. It was very about him. It was very egotistical. And frankly, he was very, just so hard on people, not like hard, like we need to get results done. He just wouldn't listen to other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you read about his autobiography, I mean, you know, there's, 
there's that point and he got literally thrown out of his company but they all talk about when he came back what 10 years later or 12 years later to apple whenever he came back in 96 he came back he was a completely different steve jobs Mm -hmm. and really what all that was is it was a completely different leader that showed up he showed up and he got what he got really clear on was what to say yes to and what to say no to and then he got laser focused on that and he showed up differently he didn't bring that ego yes and he as didn't. much with him he didn't he actually started yeah. he took the job for a dollar yeah and he yeah. didn't it wasn't about the money it wasn't and that never was in the beginning but it was about you know you we all kind of go through this i went through this it's like you kind of try to need to prove to the world that you can do it and as after you kind of prove to the like the outside world and this, this is my how it went through for me it was like you kind of kind of prove to the world that you can do it then after you kind of prove to the world you kind of prove to yourself that you can do it and then if you, so if you get past that stage, some people get stuck there, right? And then you get past the stage of like, okay, well, I did do this. Then you get to this next stage where is, can I, can I lead to see if everybody else can do it? Mm-hmm. And that becomes this kind of third stage is like, can I build a company, right? And can I have a, a, a company can be any size in really leading through people and making them very successful? Can I do that? Because a lot of people can prove to the world and be individual they contributors. Can they yeah. can do it. Yeah. And they prove to themselves they can do it. But really the next path after that is, can I hire people around me and keep them and train them and hire the best people and recruit and retain talent at a level that I've proven that I can, that I can do it through other people, right? Because that's, that's ultimately what you're doing. And so that's kind of the different leaderships there. And then um, the kind of fourth point that we see a lot with green leadership is really leading by title or power, right? And that's really, you, you see people doing this is like, well, you know, I'm the CFO, right? Or like, I'm this, I'm, I own this company, right? Like, I, I'm going to make that. I, I don't know if I've ever really said that ever, um, period. Um, you haven't. And, and even way back then, I just, I just think, and I think people, like you hear that, like that, I, I need to lead, I need a title so I can lead. Now there's, we're not going to get into the title. Maybe we can do a whole podcast on titles sometimes because yeah. I know you have a lot of opinions on those, but p- titles are actually really important because they structure hierarchy, but they don't structure power. Correct. And the higher and influence, and influence. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's probably a better way. Maybe they do structure power because sometimes people can they, tell them what to do, sure. but it's the yeah. influence, which is a better word. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. And it's, and it's really about, it doesn't, the titles don't structure influence at all. No. And what structured influence is people that are really doing the things that we're talking about, yes. willing to have the tough conversations with people, willing to help them. Right. We have a process called career visioning, which is all about you're, you're, you're walking a candidate through whether or not they want to come into your company, you're career visioning them, which means I'm meeting with you and going, taking the time to figure out whether or not your next career move is best inside my company or out. And if it's out, we just let them go, right, even yeah. if they're an awesome, talented person. And that's kind of the same because you let go of the outcome for it. And that becomes there. So it's not leading throughout a title. So the kind of four main points, right? Are you willing to have tough conversations? And how are you having a tough conversation, right? It's not just about, I can, because ha- I know some green leaders I can think of right now. They're having the tough they're conversations, having conversations from title and title. power. Exactly. That's right. exactly right. And then number two is um, making sure you have the, the vision. Either if you're the owner of the company that you're sharing your vision constantly, and there's a lot of communication out there. People write that all the time about what it means to cast your vision. Um, but if you're, even just you're leading one person, and if you're not leading one person, what about the vision for you and your company and your team, right? And three, leading yourself first, um, obviously through your emotions and making sure you're letting go of that and check and not bringing the energy from one conversation to the next and you're t- maintaining neutrality through there. And then again, we talk about not leading through title, through power. 
And if you really work on those, you'll start to elevate. And there's, look, there's a ton of techniques, thousands of techniques and people write about them. But generally speaking, if you're trying to build an organization, so if you're an entrepreneur listening to this and you need to do it, you need to be working on yourself to attract talent and not just hiring individual contributors. You need to start investing money and resources and time into leadership and bringing them into your company now. So that way, when it's ready to start giving other people opportunity, you don't have to go outside nearly as much. You may have to, but not nearly as much. And if you're an employee inside a company and you really want to be in, in leadership, um, or even if you want to be an individual contributor, but you're still leading somebody. That's the whole point. Even if you want to be an individual contributor, you're leading yourself. Always just go concentrate on leading yourself through these things. Whether you're leading a company or leading a team or leading your family or leading yourself, you always have to have tough conversations, even with yourself, right? You always don't want to be leading with a title, no matter what you're doing. I'm a parent, so I can leave the title, right? Like, I try not to do that as a parent, even though sometimes I have to, because it's it's funny, because my, my, my youngest daughter, who's four, is my gypsy soul. She'll come, she's like... I don't have to listen to you, dad. I go, well, you kind of do. Um, and, and then my oldest will jump in and say, well, yeah, he's your dad. You have to listen to him until you're 18. Then you don't have to. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> funny the way she, I said, that's true. Um, and I, and I always, but then I always pause for a second. I said, you know, you don't have to, you, you don't always have to listen to everything that I'm saying to you. And when you're 18, it's true. You can make your own choices. But my whole goal as a parent is to be able to coach you and lead you between now and when you're 18 so that you can make your own decisions so you actually don't need me so that you can lead yourself. And that's, that's how I always follow up with that conversation with them. Again, it's just, it leaks into every part of your life so you can constantly be doing those different things. And then they kind of like just ignore then me. Then they're on to the next yes, thing. Yes, they're on the yeah. next thing. But I know they're hearing it. That's, that's the most important thing. So that's the difference between green leadership and moving up the ranks into multiple levels of leadership. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening today. Really appreciate it. I want to let you know that we are going to be hosting virtually Career Visioning. Now, Career Visioning is a proven system for hiring talent to get the highest probability when you make the hire. Unless you're willing to go live with somebody for like three or four years, you don't always know how they're going to act when you show up into the business world. But Career Visioning is a system that we can take people through that gives you models, tools, and uh, a framework for how to actually have the highest probability to make the best hire for the position that you have. So if you're interested in with us for this, it's happening October 20th, 21st, and 22nd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It's only $99. Go to adamhergenrother.com slash webinars to sign up. We look forward to seeing you then.